business and people. Your host, Walt Bayless. Let's get this show started. Welcome to the Agency Bud podcast. On the show, we talk to CEOs and founders, agency owners and business people about the challenges they've overcome and the steps they've taken to get to where they are. You can follow along at podcast.agencybud.com. On the show, we're going to be talking to somebody amazing. We're going to introduce that person in just a second. Don't forget to check out agencybud.com. Add in our software to your business and increase your recurring revenue with agencybud.com. Let's go and meet today's special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, today I have the absolute pleasure and the honor of introducing a good friend of mine. His name's Johan Nogira. He is an absolute legend. He's a rock star. He's built three companies up to multi-million dollar levels, one of them to two and a half million dollar valuation. No, sorry, $12 million valuation in only two and a half years. Got those figures around the wrong way. He currently runs, I'm counting them on my hands here, six different companies and is skilled in taking businesses and scaling them. He is a tech investor. He is an agency owner. He is an agency grower. He's the CEO of more companies than I can list, including Building Interactive, My Alliance, the Business Alliance, Earthlink Alliance, Sherlock Technology, and Angel Apps. Johan Nogira, welcome to the show, man. It is great to see you. Good to have you. Good to have you. <laughs> <to> <laughs> great to see you, mate. <laughs> mate. You have come a long way. So I was reading that you've actually got a PhD in agriculture and primary industries. How did you move from that into the technology space and into the agency world? Agricultural science. Uh, one day we were on a yacht. Uh, we went for a conference out in Western Australia and I, I said to one of the guys, I cannot wait to have my own yacht. And the guy said, on an agricultural science, uh, you know, doesn't matter which career you go down, you ain't never going to own a yacht. Went, oh my God, that, that's not good. Um, that happened and then about a week later, you know, I was in the lab working, by the way, I was working on soil analysis. I was watching water go through soil. And, you know, my supervisor came in and it was 11 o'clock at night and he said, hey, Johan, keep going. In 10 years, you'll be at my level. I said, that's freaking amazing. That'll be good. <laughs> I go, yeah, this guy travels the world, writes books. He doesn't speak in front of audiences. I was like, that's what I want to do. And then I said, how much money do you make? And then when he told me, I was crushed because I was pretty much making that working in a retail store. Right? Wow. <laughs> so I said, okay, I need to figure out something. So I went to Google and typed in make money online. That took me to eBay, which then two years after learning systems and leverage took me to affiliate marketing, which then after systemizing that, I went into CPA marketing, which is cost per acquisition. So we became a lead generation specialist. We were doing it for all the banks, et cetera. And then from there, um, I met a guy who said, hey, why don't you open up an agency? And I said, I don't know what that means. He goes, just do lead generation for other companies and get paid handsomely for it. I said, oh, that sounds interesting. So we did that. And here we are. The company now has more than 100 people. We've got, yeah, it runs 24 hours a day. I used to think that was cool. Uh, but then I realized running a company that, having a company that runs 24 hours a day meant you're on call 24 hours a day. Mm. And... Uh, yeah, so five years ago, I put a GM in place and I've not had to work in that company for the last five years, which has been amazing, which allowed me to pursue all these other pursuits. And then that's how you see all the other companies come into play. And now it's just fun time. Wow, that's that's such an amazing story, mate. Like that is that is 120 seconds of, of just brilliance there. Mate, so when you get when you got started, can I can I wind back to those early days? You're starting up the agency. I, I so relate to your story, by the way, about uh, you know, asking about the money. I was working in hospitality and loved it. And I asked the the, the manager of the hotel, 
uh, sat with me and, and said something like, um, uh, you know, this industry's great. You, you'll never be rich, but you'll always be happy. And I went, oh, damn it. <laughs> That's not like you just completely shattered all my dreams. Happiness is great, but I want the rich. So I completely relate. Come, coming back. So you, you, you started to specialize in CPA. So you're, you're working on lead generation. And that led you into let's open our own agency. How did you then go about getting your first client from there? Like, okay, cool. We've got an agency. Wow, look, we've even got a business card. What happens now? Well, we found out that it's very, very hard to go and get clients. And we were selling websites. We were selling websites for five hundred dollars when we wow. started, and we were getting these clients. But man, this is how we were doing things. Hey, do you like this website? They're like, yeah, but it needs a bit more stuff. Okay, we'll keep go work on it, and we do like thirty or forty iterations of every website. I was like, oh my god, this is this is horrible. Anyway, um, but then soon I learned. Ah, oh, now once we have a brief, we can get it pumped out pretty quickly. So we systemized. Once we systemized, we could turn out a website in one or two days. Yeah. Then I went, hmm, this is interesting. Who else would be struggling with websites? I said, well, all the other agencies. So I went over to all the other agencies and started not door knocking. I said, hey, do you want to have a lunch? So we'd sit down for lunch and I'd say, look, I can build these types of websites. I can do it in a day or two. I can do it faster, cheaper, and much better looking than what you're doing. Why don't you send me the work? Give me one project for free. And I'll give you one project for free, I mean. And they'd say, okay, they got nothing to lose. Free money? That's, that's how it started. Now we have 36 agencies that send us work all day, every day. We've never had, because of those conversations that I had 10 years ago, we've never had to look for work ever again. Wow, that's amazing. So you literally went from a retail to a wholesale model. So you went Correct. from looking for the end client back to then looking for the people who had the end clients and servicing them. That's really impressive. Now, mate, something that you've mentioned already a bunch of times in the six minutes we've been talking is the word systemized. And, and as I read through your bio, and you know, again, I've known you for a while, but reading through somebody's bio is different than knowing them as a friend. Reading through your bio, one of the things that you've really focused on is this whole concept of systemizing. Can you break that down for me? What does that actually mean to you? Yeah, for sure. So anything that I ever do, I see the steps that are involved in making sure that it, how, how to achieve the end outcome, which is then a system, which then turns into a process, which then turns into a procedure, which then turns into a policy, which then you know becomes part of our book in, hey, you want to build a website? This is how we do it. Here's, there's 15 steps that we need to do. And therefore, I'm replicatable and anybody else in my company is always replicatable. So that's what I mean by systemization. Anything that we do, even a phone call that we pick up and it's a sales call or just an inquiry call or whatever it is, get on the phone, hey, how are you going? How's the weather? Blah, blah, blah. But all of those things then get written down and it becomes a system, which then other people can follow up on. In our organization, we have our top sales guys. They are, you know, the top sales guys might be closing 120 grand a month while the bottom guys might be doing 5K a month. Why is there such a discrepancy? Well, it's in the way they talk. So therefore, we get the top guys to do a webinar or to teach the other guys. Now, everybody else improves, and it just improves the entire organization through systemization. And systemization is not only that. It's pretty much, you know, all the client journeys, everything. You have to think through. You have to think 16 steps ahead. Uh, I'm impressed. I can hear. So this going out on a podcast or people may be watching this on, on Vimeo or on our channel somewhere, and I can feel an agency owner watching this, Johan, right now or listening to this, maybe they're on the treadmill and they are yep. screaming at their, their iPhone right now going, but I don't have time to systemize. I'm yeah. so stressed out already. So yeah. 
knowing that, like knowing that agency owners, business owners, um, a fly by the seat of their pants kind of people, like they've always been that kind of um, uh, that kind of thing. That I know that they're going to be saying, I need, I know I need to systemize. I've read the email a bunch of times. How do they go from everything's just so crazy and I don't have time to even think about it to right? Let's systemize the phone call. Let's systemize the daily work processes. Like it, it can't be just a turn on tap happens overnight kind of thing. So if if they haven't done it by now, and chances are they're not going to do it. But if they hire somebody to sit down with them and download their brains into that person and the entire organization, I want you to go sit with this person and understand everything that they do and come back with a document around what the, how they do their job. This, we got this document created for one of our businesses. It cost us about uh, between 30 to 40 grand to get it done. Yep. That document, because everything was now documented, added X millions of dollars to our revenue because now we could, it's, it's a, it became the book of, that ran the company, which then allowed us to hire more people. It may, allowed us to fix the issues because right now, you know, the, the agency owners, they're busy trying to run the company. They're, they're trying to hunt for clients. They're trying to make sure the current clients are happy. They're trying to look for other opportunities. They're doing all this stuff. They cannot go and micromanage things. Mm. And it's in all those little steps, which are the micromanaging stuff, which should be systemized because once that's systemized, then you can find all the efficiencies. Wow. Makes sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you're talking about, like you use the word replication, which I love, which is um, rather than have to do it a bunch of times and have to keep checking on the work and is it being done and no, 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 go back and do it this way. You're talking about having a set of guidelines, a set of um, systems, to use a better word, but a set of step-by-step processes where people, if A, then B, if B, then C, and they, they can churn out more work, be more productive on a daily basis as a result. For sure, for wow. sure. Even... Even something as simple as building a website, right? They have to have a checklist, which automatically, by them going through that checklist, we know that it's getting done properly. We know that it's getting QA'd properly. We know that the end output is going to be sent to the right person. And just does a five-minute scan and goes tick, 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 sign off. Yes, now it can go to the client. You know, back in the day, the amount of QA issues that we used to have yeah. It was ridiculous. It was, I was like, how the hell did this even get out to the client? You know? Yeah, right. And, and so there's nothing, having... more embarrassing, nothing more embarrassing than a client coming back to you going, um, what is this? <laughs> I'm something so obvious. So um, did, did you, we'll come back to systems actually, because I think it's probably an important point to talk about the growth and then move that, move that into it. If, if somebody came to you today, somebody who's uh, been employed, they're fairly digitally savvy, and they said to you, Johan, I think I'm going to start an agency. What would, what would you say? Okay, cool. Do these 10 things in the first you know, two weeks and you'll be on your best way. Yeah, pretty much. The first thing, if you're going to build an agency, the first thing you need to do is build a team. Okay. Build a team, build the cash flow, then, um, then work on everything else. So I'll give you an example. We started, so my first agency, we started in 2010, 2009, 2010, around there. And it was 10 years, not 10 years, it was five, six years of blood, sweat and tears. Like literally I was pulling my hair out, clients were upset sometimes, yeah. you're dealing with you know, staff breakdowns, all this kind of stuff. It, it's growing pains of any company and we kept growing. And the more we grew, then the company culture was changing, all this stuff was happening. Now, in October last year, so 2019, October, we decided to build a new agency. 
Because if we're going to build, I, I was trying to get out of digital, yeah. but I got pulled back into digital. <laughs> and then I said, well, if I'm going to be back in digital, we're going to become the biggest company in digital in Australia. So we're going to do it. We're going to do it properly. Yes. So we decided to do everything properly. So for the first three months, so October, November, December, we've started a new company. There's, I'm paying out of my own pocket for my staff. I put my dream team together mm. and then we're like, all right, cool. How are we going to, you know, we got to do this. And they're like, okay, let's go make revenue. I'm like, we're not making any revenue. We're going to systemize first. Wow. By the time we get to December, they're like, all right, now we're ready to go. And then January until the 21st of January, none of the clients came back. And <laughs> so even January, we were like, we're ready to go, but uh, yeah, there's no one around. And now this is a retail agency. So this is direct to uh, the consumer not uh, or direct to the business we're not there's no wholesale in the middle so a new business model by the time march came along we had seven million in the pipeline wow and we have not been affected by covid whatsoever in fact we've doubled in april and it's the trajectories like this we hired three new people last week because of the three months that we spent at the start systemizing everything and making sure that we knew every journey, every step of the way of what our clients would be asking for, what would they want, how we could close them. Now, on that, we all, everybody talks about closing deals. Mm -hmm. When you close a deal, the, the, the thing you're doing is you're opening up a relationship. And from the moment you close that deal is the moment you start to lose the relationship. Sorry, my, there's a, there must be my uh, parcel delivery. Can you hear my dog? Yeah, 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 absolutely. That's okay. One second. I mean, let me just, um, sorry, bud. <laughs> That's okay. So okay, um, we came back to uh, the moment you close the deal is the moment you start losing the relationship. Correct. Because now you've, everybody's got something vested at the start. You want something, right? You're like, I want this. I want this business. I want this business. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. They go, yes. Now you have to prove yourself. Now you've got to deliver. You've got to show that you can actually. And so now you're on the clock. And yep. as soon as you're on the clock means you have an opportunity to, to screw up. Yeah. So therefore you're, you're on notice. So I that's see. how okay. we treat everything. So, Hey, you close the deal, big deal. Now you're actually about to lose the relationship. What are you going to do to make sure you don't? Right. So then it's always keeping the communication. Communication is the thing, the key to not losing any deals, not losing relationships. You've got to be open. You've got to be, you've got to be open and honest with all your clients at every point in time. You've got to keep them because if somebody pays you a big chunk of money, they want to know what's happening with their money or they want to know what's happening with their project. And so they're always, you're on their mind. So you just need to, even one little email a day, hope you have a great day just letting you know where everything's on track. Fantastic. Cool. Do you automate that or is that a manual process? Like the, the, the there's, there's automated the triggers and that, communications. Sorry. The minute sorry, communications, like the daily touches, is that automated or so, is it, is it manual? Uh, it depends on the client and depends on the project. So some projects it's automated, for example, website builds, apps, app builds, graphics, all that stuff that's automated, yeah. but we do throw in some personal touches. So we have, uh, you know, we have all our clients on messenger mm -hmm. and we have the whole team on messenger in there. And somebody at some point during the day will message the client in the whole group going, this is what's happening. Yeah. Right. Cool. So everybody can see that that going out as well. Correct. Nice. Therefore, everybody's on the same page. Everybody knows what's happening. And at any one point in time, the client can message back. Somebody will reply. Awesome. So cool. So that, that literally becomes your support desk. You use Messenger as your support reach out point. Yep. 
Fantastic. Really cool. We, we do have support software, but we find messengers more personal, more personal touch. Yeah, nice. Absolutely. So going back, like that's a, that's a pretty cool um, that's a pretty cool rocket launch of a of a new agency going in and systemizing. And the first thing he says is you said was that you have to assemble your dream team. The the person who's starting out on their own who maybe. Um, and I, I talk about this a lot, Johan. I, I say that the barrier to entry to starting a digital agency is too low. Like anybody can watch a YouTube video and say, okay, I'm going to do that. Um, and they, they find themselves as a solopreneur with, with little to no cash in the bank in terms of, of, of a getting started nest egg. Uh, they don't know anybody in the industry. Like, and they want to go out and make that a success as well. Can that person, can that individual make it? Yep. So that was me back, you know, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I was that guy, so I would never ever bag out those people. We have a lot of people who bag out those people. I'm like, well, that was you ten years ago. You've just forgotten. Yeah. And so, ten years ago, that was me. I was there was wasn't my industry. I wanted to get into websites because I thought websites were cool. I wanted to build websites. I had fun creating all that kind of stuff. The the advice I would give those people is to focus on re- retainer jobs, things that. Get them into well, pretty much get their cash flow going, because if they're hunting all the time for new clients and then they're delivering, there's, there's a cycle. You know, the first two weeks of the month you hunt, the next two weeks of the month you deliver, yeah. and then hunt, deliver, hunt, deliver. But you know, you don't actually, you can't really grow much. But if you systemize it and you hunt, and then you get reoccurring income, and then you deliver, and then you hunt, deliver. You see, there's a there's a graph that goes upwards, and so your your passive income just keeps. Uh, accumulating and then once it starts accumulating the first thing you have to do is to start hiring people the more people you can hire the more and the more systemized it is when so you can hire the right person then that's even it's going to make your life a lot easier so hiring internally or um, working with outsourcers and contractors what's your preference so generally it starts off with outsourcers with Mm. nearly every digital agency that i've ever talked to they start outsourcing once they start um once they start being able to pay people in their country, in their thing, in, so say, for example, in Australia, we outsource a lot of stuff to Philippines, Vietnam, uh, Pakistan, India, Croatia, all that kind of stuff. Once it reaches, reaches a certain threshold, you go, actually, now I need an Australian person sitting here, you know, managing this stuff. Or, hey, you know what? We've got, we've got 10 clients who are now Facebook ad clients. We need to have a manager sitting here managing those 10 clients. So then you hire that person. But the cash flow sustains them. And now just because they're there, you can now multiply them because you systemize their processes. And then you have two, three, five. And now you have capacity for more of those. Nice. Makes sense? Yeah, cool. Who's your first hire? As in starting, starting well, from scratch, you know, we're doing that thing as we're talking about getting the retainer so clients. Who's your first person that you're bringing on board? So it depends on your skill set. Mm-hmm. So my skill set 10 years ago was my skill set was sales. Mm-hmm. So I needed somebody who was a deliver, uh, in delivery. Yeah. So 10 years ago, that was it. This, you know, 10 years later when I rebuild everything, the first hire was a jam. Yeah, right. Hey, I, need, I need you to sit down. I need you to systemize everything. I need, I'm going to start bringing all these people in. They're, they're the best at what they do. Just know that they're going to be amazing. And that, that's another thing. Different people, you know, you've got people who are amazing. Um, and when you have lots of people who are amazing, they're, they're generally alphas. Yep. Mindset. 
you can't tell me what to do. You know, I know the best. Yeah, yeah. To get everybody aligned, <laughs> to get everybody aligned towards one vision, that actually takes time and energy and, yeah, just, just time basically to make them, everybody have the same thinking as to what's going to happen in the future and then get them aligned. Once they're aligned, they're unstoppable. So that's so- why they call the dream team. Talk, talk to me about the uh, the alignment because you know when when we talk to business leaders, uh, they they talk about their team and they talk about setting the vision of the company. And then as we look at the individuals within that company, we look at each individual has their own goals, their own dreams, their own reasons for being in that role at that time. How do you align somebody's personal goals of you know I want to feed my family, I want to do you know I, I want to get promoted, I want to make a hundred grand a year, whatever it is. And how do you yep. take that into a company uh, umbrella and say, this is what we're doing together? Easy. So with, with Earthlink, what we did was we said, okay, write your, own, write your own position description. What do you want to do in the company? What don't you want to do? What are, what are negotiables? What are not negotiables? Where do you see yourself you know, uh, and within the company? What's your income ranges? How do you want to be compensated? All these things. What are the most fun things that you can do? And by them writing it all down, you can never, you'll never be able to guess what, they, what their inner thoughts are. Yeah, right. You might think you, but you don't know until you let them write it all out. And then you go, holy shit, that's it. That's cool. Yeah, right. And then even that exercise, you're going to learn so much about them. And you're like, wow, I can't wait to get started on this journey with you. Wow, cool. And, and do you ever find that they are in the wrong position when they've, when they've written that down? Like you may have hired them in a marketing role and realistically they're better in a sales role or, you know, some something along yeah. even wider variance than that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think one of the things we did was we took the top sales guy and turned them into a sales manager, managing nice. a team. Whereas they didn't want to manage a team; he wanted to go out there and hunt. That's what yeah, right. he loved doing. Yeah. And now we also have a definition of hunting and farming. So we do a lot of farming in our in our company. We don't hunt mm-hmm. because if you're hunting, you're going hunting, you're killing something. Yep. Whereas farming, you're growing relationships. So I've been using the word hunt, but that's because it, uh, you know, people know that uh, vocabulary around sales. Yep. So we do a lot of farming. So he's, he's farmed all these relationships. Now him trying to imagine that actually great, great analogy. He's farmed all these relationships. Now he's telling his the team member, go, go and farm that client. Yeah. The client's like, I don't really want to talk to you. I want to talk to that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've already, got, I've already had that relationship with that person for so long. Don't palm me off for that, for that particular person. No, I completely understand. Um, can I focus on marketing and sales for a second? I did throw that at you uh, deliberately. Do you separate the two? Um, everybody has to have the same vision. And the, mar- the marketing is strategic from a comp- top-down level. And so if everybody understands what's happening, then they know how to sell and they know how to deliver. Mm-hmm. Do the marketing team and sales team work together in your companies? So everybody works together. There's there's two compulsory team meetings every week, uh-huh. and if people people are not allowed to miss those meetings yep. because if you miss that meeting during those meetings, we do role plays, we do script creation, we talk about successes, we talk about the failures, we talk about what's working, we talk about what's in the pipeline, which deals are going to close, which ones are not going to close, which ones are postponed. So through that, everybody's on the exact same page. And so everybody knows who they're, you need to know what the people next to you are doing. Yeah, for sure. Have you seen the, the movie 300? Yes. So you've seen that they're all, you know, they've got the shields 
and the spears and they've each got each other's back and the guy behind has this guy's back. That's, that's how the company's built. If you talk to any of my guys, they'll talk the way I talk and we all talk in, in the same manner because that's how we talk to our clients. We have the same voice. We have the same care. And so the clients love that and it doesn't matter who they talk to. So now we replace that problem of, Oh, I spoke to this guy, you know, why do you want to send me to this guy or whatever? They're like, Hey, uh, yeah. Makes a huge difference. How do you hire into that? Because I would imagine that having that team culture that you've crafted so carefully would mean that 90% of the people you speak to aren't a good fit for the team. So how do you hire into that, Johan? I'll I'll give you an example. Um, I went to buy a new laptop. Now, I went to Harvey Norman, and this is a couple of years, this is probably five years ago. Went to Harvey Norman, and this great sales guy, he's there. I'm like, hey, I'm like, hey, I need this new laptop. He's like, cool, you know, you need, tell me what you need. And then he goes, what do you use it for? And I do, da, 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 da. He goes, you need this one. I'm like, yeah, but I want that one. He's like, but you don't need that one. You need this one. I'm like, but I really want that one. (laughs) So (laughs) by realizing why he was telling me to get, you know, the, the basic one, Whereas I just wanted the super duper one. I was like, no, but you know, I'm going to, he's like, dude, all you're going to do is check emails and, you know, reply and maybe watch a YouTube video or whatever. You, you're not going to, you're not doing any gaming. You don't need any Photoshop. You don't need all graphic stuff. Why do you need a $4,000 computer? You just need the $2,000 computer. I'm like, all right, cool. Anyway, point is I walked out of there with a laptop, a new desktop, a new hi-fi system, a new LCD TV. I spent eight hours with this guy, but he didn't realize that it was actually an eight hour interview. Wow. And at the end of that, I said, hey, why don't you come work for me? And he's like, okay. And now because we did that, he ended up closing Nestle as a client for us. Wow, unreal. Pretty freaking huge, right? So the point of that was he had the same care, the same compassion, the same ethic, and the same values of our company. And it didn't matter that he wasn't in the digital agency or in a digital space. He was amazing at what he did, and he's a people person. Now, it doesn't matter what space you're in. Business is about people. So if you care about people, that's, that's how you're going to be in business. You can find people to do the technical stuff who love that. We've got people in our company who don't ever want to be past the computer. Mm. They just want to sit at the computer and do what they do, and they love it, and they thrive on it. Yeah. Whereas there's other people who just want to be outside. They, you couldn't even sit them down at a computer because <laughs> they, they, they get the energy from being around people. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're headhunting and I can hear in my head that ABH, ABH, always be hiring, always be looking for the right people, which, which again is, is something that I've heard from business owners. They're always looking and if they meet the right person, they'll make a space in the company for that person so that the, the company can grow. But in terms of a formal process, you mentioned that uh, just last month you added three new people to, to your team from an agency perspective. Were all of those headhunted or were you running ads and interviewing? They were all hand-selected, yes. Nice. So we, we knew who they were. They've been in the ecosystem for a while, and we said, we need you guys. But one of them I've known for 20 years. Wow, cool. So I said, hey, what are you doing right now? Nothing? Okay, cool. Come on, boy. Doing something. We, we had something better. <laughs> nice. Very, very cool. So what's the, what do you think is the biggest mistake you've made in setting up? So let's focus on agency and, and business as a whole, because we have a lot of, of listeners who are, you know, not in a digital space, not in a digital agency space, but they might run their own business, they're entrepreneurs, they're self-starters. What's the biggest mistake you've made in starting the businesses that you've made uh, and, and fixing it from now on? Sure. Um, biggest mistake. Biggest mistake would be going in without a plan. We've, um, yeah, 
and that that was done in the in the early days where we'd be like okay great this is a great idea let's go with it acquire the company and then you know not do our proper due diligence and then ha- have a look under the hood and there's just too much crazy stuff so you're, yeah. you're talking uh, about you're uh, talking uh, about uh, like that's in an acquisition role so you're talking about you know not not actually diving in deep enough and understanding what the metrics were for an acquisition is that is that the biggest mistake you've made uh I don't know. I don't. I don't consider anything that I've done a mistake. I think of it all as learnings, and um, I just go, "Wow, cool! Learned that lesson." Um, biggest mistake. Biggest mistake. Uh, Doing it all yourself. I, I got one. No, no, no. I got one. Biggest, biggest mistake that I've ever done has been giving away too much of my company. Wow. That that would be as the biggest mistake that I've ever done. As in, you brought in a partner and and. Uh gave Correct. a big piece of the pie and then realized that there wasn't enough value at the end of that? Correct. Wow. And so because there wasn't enough um, ownership anymore and it got diluted because it wasn't, it wasn't just two people, it was, it was five people. Mm. Then it just got so messy that, it, it, you know, people started splitting off into little tribes and people had their own alliances and their own visions and everything started getting messy while and then it just didn't get, wasn't worth it enough. It wasn't worth pursuing anymore. Did you and shut so that down? Slowly, sorry? Did you shut that company down? It's still going. Yeah. It's, it's still growing. It's, uh, all, those, all the systems are in there, so it continues to grow. But we have, me and the partners have not talked in probably a year. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. So, so going back to that, going back to the day or going back to the decision that split the company up like that, how would you handle it differently? I would never let, let it get to that stage ever again. I would never, um, yeah. I, th- I think what happened there was that the vision got lost. The vision got lost. Too many other people had their own agendas and they were working behind the scenes, which it comes down to trusting or ha- having the right people. I think by now, you know, you and I, we both have a really good gut instinct my gut instinct was like, uh, something's not right. Something not, not right. I'm like, shh, be quiet. It's okay. I need this. Right. I need this. Yeah. <laughs> and, yes. and, yeah. and so listen to your gut. That's, that's all it is. It's we've, we've, we've built it for a reason. We've built those instincts for a reason. And when, when it starts going south, you, and by the way, it's not, you don't just throw away everything. You try and fix it. I tried to try to fix it for, I think I gave it six months and then I said, you know what? I could be doing something better yeah. in my life. And that's what I chose to do. Nice. So you focused on, on creating outside of that space and just letting it run its course. And obviously, as you mentioned, with the systems that are in place, it's, it's running anyway. So it's not, it's not being impacted by that. And it's uh, something that you could move away from, which I think is every business owner's goal anyway. Do you have a, um, do you have a, a preferred tech stack that you use on a daily basis for you and the team, Johan, to keep, to keep you guys so, organized, to keep you guys on path? What are the tools? Yeah. So we now use Monday for pretty much all of our project management, our client management, our pipeline management. It, it has become the one true source. Now it took some adjustment mm. because before that we were using Trello, we were using Asana, we were using, uh, I can't remember, that we've been through that many tech stacks, but now we've solidified everything into Monday and Monday.com. And it's been pretty amazing. You know, we've had a guy sitting in there building everything if, for the last three or four months. 
any system gets built in there. All the QA gets built in there. All the you know accountabilities built in there. Awesome. This thing has just become the one true source. Any deal, any anything that's happening, it gets added in there. You wake up, you look at your Monday, you get get those things done. That's your main objectives. That's how it is. Fantastic. Do you do you use that as a personal to do list? I would imagine running you know five six different companies. Do you use now, that now, particular thing as a, as your to do list, or are you a paper guy? What's your what's your thoughts? Uh, where's my book? So I love, I love paper. You know, yeah. it keeps, I love scratching things off. It's not the same as just taking something off and it disappears. I love scratching it off and seeing the dates that everything was scratched off. But I do use that as my, you know, everything is in there. Mm. And the main things, I only do three things every day. So I can only, yeah, every human, you, you think you can do a lot, but you can only, only do three things. So if you just have your three things that you're going to achieve, that's all that matters. And it'll take care of the rest of the day. Correct. And I put up a a photo the other day of Elon Musk's to-do list in February of, I think it was 2018 or 2019. And it was February, to-do list. And said, fix the battery problem. That was it. For the whole month, (laughs) that's all That's it. Like the whole company's got to run, but that was the thing that he was focused on. How do you you prioritize the main thing? Like how do you... I would imagine, like any business owner, that you have a million demands on your time. You have a million directions that you could be going in and, and, you know, lots of things that's on your mind. How do you look at that and go, that's my thing? What's your, what's your criteria? Whatever's going to get us to our North Star the quickest, towards yeah. our end goal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the, on the Monday meeting, I'll say, team, you know, what do you need me to focus on from your point of view? And then this is what I am going to be focusing on. And if what you need me to focus on is not on this list. I need you to tell me now because otherwise it's not going to get done this week. Yeah, cool. And then on a Friday, we check in and we make sure everything's good and that's it. We just keep moving forward. If every co- person in the company is doing those three main things every day, three, that's a thousand moves, you know, that you could achieve. And do you, do, you, do you endorse or do you enhance, do you push the three main things to your leadership team? Like do you make sure that they're not overloading themselves? They, uh, they, <laughs> they're overloading themselves. But I keep telling yeah, everyone, everyone has a thing of three, just do the three things. Yeah. And because, so the culture is just so amazing. I, you know, I, during, uh, you know, COVID and everything, everybody's like, oh, we're sitting around watching Netflix. My team was working 16, sometimes 20 hours a day. Not because I was making them or anything. They were like, this is the best opportunity. You know, during depressions, during times like this, everybody else is chilling out. Let's get ahead. Mm. And that's why April was, we doubled what we were doing. It was insane. Yeah. And, but then now we get to wind down and relax and reap the rewards of everything that we did. So we're like, hmm, when everything opens up, where are we going to go for a holiday? We're going to take everybody. We're going to take all the families. We're going to hire babysitters and nannies. Because you've everybody got to do that. Sir? You you earned it. You've worked you've worked that the magic on the on the leverage point, which is very very cool. Um, are you a goal setter, Johan? Are you are you uh, personally outside of business? Do you have oh, your own sure. set of, of things that you're heading towards? Oh, for sure. So me and my wife, we have a we were having this discussion yesterday. Actually, every three months we have a review of our we have a quarterly review of our relationship of our marriage of our finances of our kid children of who's in our family who's in our family who's in our lives you know what needs to be fixed we literally have a quarterly meeting 
Wow, cool. And to make sure everything is aligned with our end goals. And do yeah. you book that? Like, uh, th- th- it sounds incredibly formal. Do you book it? Do you literally say, on this date, we're sitting down for two hours and we're, we're bashing this yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. It's all booked in because if it doesn't get booked in, it will never happen. Wow. Life just happens too quickly. Yeah, right. And so you talk about each is, other, what you're doing, where you're going, what's working, what's not working. Yeah. It's, it's extreme. Well, it's a, we create an open space so that you can do that. Because if we're not aligned and if we're not going towards the same vision, um, there'll, be, there'll be issues. Yeah. And so by both of us, I never, ever have to worry about anything that she's doing. Yeah. Ever. Uh, you know, my she, friend's like, hey, what's your wife doing? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm sure she's doing something great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, okay, but aren't you freaked out? Have you, who's calling her? I'm like, dude, that's like the last thing on my mind. Because yeah. we both have the same vision. We both have the same mission. Every move that I make is taking us to, closer towards that. And same thing with her. And I don't know if you saw my Facebook Live the other day. You know, uh, two months ago when COVID just happened, we started building an impact app and going all down that. And I, I was like, I can't, uh, you know, I won't be able to give you attention. I'm sorry. And then at this point in time, she was actually crashing. She was having the worst time of her life because her business was fucked. Because Royal Commission happened with the financial planners. The, um, all of, you know, they weren't allowed to see any more clients. You can't. And her business is all face-to-face. Her entire companies built on face-to-face interactions so she had no clients she had to pay all of her stuff um so they were paying all these things her licensee which is the person who that's how financial planning works you need to use a licensee shut you know did something dodgy i don't know they did something dodgy but something happened but they had to issue a notice to all of their people saying hey we cannot trade anymore so she couldn't she couldn't legally trade she couldn't see any clients. Wow. Everything was shut down. She was at the worst point in her life. And then she just sat down and said, hmm, you know, is this me? And she goes, no, that's not me. And then she rechanged her mind and said, okay, now I can be whatever I want to be. And she built up a community of 2,000 people off which she's making a very decent income. And she did all that all by herself without utilizing any of, you know, our staff or anything like that. She <laughs> did it all by herself. And I was like, wow. She's like, yeah, I'm still, uh, still in line for the vision. Nice. <laughs> that's so wow, that's amazing. So it seems like everyone that comes into your life kind of fits into that um, uh, vision, goal, system, work the system kind of mentality. Do you, how do you, I, I, I'm, I'm stunned, I guess, by the fact that um, that, that happens in, a, in such a, an organized way for you. But I'm sure that that's, that's been the plan, right? Like that's what you've crafted to work that way. That's, that's what we're looking for. We're always looking for people who can enhance the organization, who can add value not only to the organization, but to all of our clients. Mm. So now through this whole impact app thing through the you know, COVID stuff, we partnered up with a company that we'd never met in our lives. We built this thing in 10 days. And then from that, now we've, we pretty much bought the guy into our company and we created a whole new company just for him. And now we're sending him all the clients that we couldn't deal with before. We're mm-hmm. talking about, you know, million dollar projects, which we didn't have the capabilities to, but they did. And so now we're partnered up with them. We've got a joint venture going where we can now funnel all this work to them. They're so they're, they're happy because they never have to, lo- uh, you know, hunt for these clients ever yeah. again. And we've got a, play, a way to solve these clients' problems without us being a hindrance because we would never take on a client who we can't serve. Wow. And so now we're like, Hey, guess what? We could do all your projects because these are substantial, you know, projects, they're mega builds and everything. And so now they can do it. So life's easy. Fantastic, mate. Fantastic. If we took everything away 
if we if we if you lost the Rolodex, your contacts, um, woke up in a foreign country with no company behind you, what would be your moves to get started again? My, funnily enough, I had a discussion on this probably a week ago, and my first do I still have this brain? Which which you have, brain you do still I? have your brain? You still have your brain, and you have you have the knowledge that you have, but no contacts. Perfect. So Bill Gates actually said, um, you can take me out of any country, put me in another country, and as long as I have the same brain, I'll be able to make it. And I never quite understood that until, you know, quite recently, actually. And somebody asked me that exact same question. When I, and then I said, okay, the first thing I would do is find people who need help and then help them. Wow. And that is, that is how my brain is whole, wholly wired. That's all I do. All, that my j- entire job is to help people. And so I find the people with the, who need the help, but where I could add the most value. And those are the people I would help. And that's how I, I would rebuild absolutely everything. And you would start by following that same system, bringing in the team, aligning the, the, the steps that you would take in order to solve the problems, and then putting Correct. it into action. Correct. Duplicatable there's, there There's not one business in the world that isn't broken. Every business needs fixing. Mm-hmm. Every business needs systems. There is now I, I don't know what the what the um, sorry. I don't know what the the numbers are, but the baby boomers. Think about the baby boomers right now. None of them, well, not none of them. A majority, a huge majority of them cannot sell their businesses. Mm. They cannot sell their businesses. They, they their business was meant to be their retirement, but they cannot sell the businesses because the business is not systemized. Yeah. There is, they are the business. They are the face of the business. They are the business. The clients love them. If they leave, there is no business. Therefore, they don't actually have a business. They're just self-employed. Now we're going in and we're helping them systemize all these things and turning it into a saleable asset. So now they have an asset. And if I said to you, Walter, you know, you've got no systems in your company, blah, 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 blah. Let me build it all. I'm going to increase the valuation from a million dollars or $5 million to $15 million by putting in my systems. But I want 20% of the equity in the company. Would you be happy to do that deal? Hell yeah, every day. Yeah, and that's that's the offering. Now, that's the offering that you can do with digital because we already, every person who's listening to this, they already have the skill set mm. to do that, to go in and to systemize. They just they just probably haven't thought through it and said, ah, oh, this is how you do it. So if I said to you, hey, how do I create a lead generation strategy? Or how do I generate a lead? The most basic thing. How many companies actually have a lead generation strategy in place? Yeah, right. And an actual formal one, not just a, we, we do this, 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 and this, but an actual step one, step two, step three. Exactly. Most of them don't have it. Yeah. Then, you know, a, a client journey, something as simple as that. Hey, when you get a client in, what are the steps that they take to get to the end outcome? And then what happens after that? By you drawing that process out, you, you now have a process. It's now IP. It's sellable. When you go into a company and you draw that out, they're like, oh, wow, cool. So I'll give you, I'll give you a quick example about this. Um, we went into a financial planning company. Can you hear me, by the way? Yeah, yeah, man. I'm, I'm just, I'm silent in reverie. <laughs> so we, we go into this financial planning company, and I go, cool. Um, you know, so what's the problem? They go, well, we. One of the problems they had was leads. Uh, I said, okay, cool. What else? You know, show me your books. Blah blah blah. While we're doing this audit of their books, we see that they're having meetings with amazing clients, but their close rate is at like. 10 to 20%. The close rate sucked. Yeah. I said, 
why, why are you closing at 10 to 20% when these are your ideal clients? They go, because they think it's too expensive. I said, what's your process? They said, well, we have a meeting with the client and then we, you know, understand everything about them. Then we come back two weeks later and we tell them what they should do. And then we tell them that it's $3,000 or $5,000, one of those two. And then they go, yes or no. So that's the current process. Right. So I said, okay, what happens in between that? They said, okay, well, the person has the meeting with them. So Johan's having a meeting with Walter. We're doing a fact find where I'm understanding everything about you, about your life, about your dreams, your goals, and where you want to go. Then I go back and I create a scope of, I think it's called scope of works, uh, not a scope of works, statement of advice. So I sit down and go, okay, Walter really needs this. And this is, you know, this is everything that he needs. And here's three strategies that will help him get there. One is a low, one is a medium, one is a high risk option. Then I take that to my director who then reviews it with his 30 years of experience. He then has a discussion with the other directors and then they come up with, hey, you know what? We think that it should, for Walter's situation, he should go with the medium risk situation because of this, this, this factor. And that process, that whole process takes two weeks. Mm-hmm. And so then we come back and we go, you know what, Walter, I've spoken to my director and this is what's happened. And this is, this is why we recommend this and blah, 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 blah. And so that's, that's the, that's what happens. But now what, the change that we did was at the start of the meeting, in that very first meeting, we explained to them, we're having this first meeting. This is the first of three meetings. What happens after this meeting is I'm going to go away. I'm going to write up a 20-page document on this meeting. I'm going to then do a review and an analysis. I'm going to share that with my director, who's then going to use his experience over the last 30 years. He's going to then consolidate with the other directors. We're going to come up with a strategy together. We're all going to be having this discussion about you, Walter. And then after that, we're going to put forward the best plan of action for you based on everything you've told us. So you should- that's only- process at the first so you let the client know what what's happening in behind the scenes yeah they could see the more value happening as correct. a result yeah correct and now it went from why is it it went from that's too expensive to why is it, why only is it so cheap <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can see it from a mile away and do you do you, yeah. you um do you have that same mentality with your digital agency clients you literally yep. walk them through what they're going to be experiencing when they work Correct. with you? Exactly. We have it all mapped out. Everything is mapped out. Mm-hmm. And we'll even tell them, when we get to this point, you're going to have a crisis. You're going to have a crisis at this point because you're going to be freaking out because you're going to be bombarded with all this stuff and you're going to have too many leads and then you're going to be like, ah, turn it off and, you know, I can't handle this. And then you need to go and work on your systems to systemize more so you can take more clients on. And then after that, we'll turn the tap back on. Now more leads come through. Now it all flows. We believe in this Kaizen methodology and, you know, we're just going to keep pumping the system until something breaks and we fix it and turn it on again. Something breaks, fix it, all those sorts of things. Yeah. That's, not, that's not something that you came up with overnight. That's 10 years of in the trenches working that. <laughs> that has, has outlined it. Yeah, so that's so true. are the systems that you keep talking about dynamic then you have, like, I mean, talking as you listed that off, as I said, that's 10 years of knowledge in that quick little, uh, this is what's going to happen. So you've put a system in place. Now is that system dynamic? How does it get changed if something changes in the marketplace or knowledge increases or, you know, processes are needing tweaking? So, as I said, we follow a Kaizen methodology. Kaizen, you, you know what Kaizen is. I don't. Explain. You don't. Okay. So back in the, I think it was just after World War II, 
um, Japan was decimated. And so then they had to rebuild everything. While they're rebuilding everything, it was cheap labor. So all the manufacturing and everything went to Japan. So everything was made in Japan. Japan was like current day China mm-hmm. without any viruses. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> and, and so what they, they implemented this thing called Kaizen, where they would m- put in everything at the top of the funnel, so to speak, and see what would break. And then they'd fix that. And then they'd throw it in at the top again and see what else would break. So for example, in a digital agency, you're throwing in leads at the top. Why are they not converting? Or what's the, why are they converting so low? Fix that. Okay, now conversions have gone through. Delivery's fucked up. Oops, sorry. Delivery's messed up. So why, why, why is delivery getting messed up? Oh, they're overloaded, so the QA is getting missed. Okay, let's fix up QA. Okay, now QA is fixed up. What's, what's next? And guess what? They have no, sales is not converting enough again. So it goes back and back, and so it just keeps going round and round and round. And what you're doing is you're optimizing every business. And, and you're optimizing at high pressure. Correct. You're optimizing high pressure. High pressure. You, you, you really, you're squeezing it until it breaks, knowing that, yes. you know, you're, that's at 100%. Exactly. And it, it never ends because it, it never stops because that's just the way it is. Nice. You know, new traffic channels open up. Now you've got to play with the new traffic channels. This one stays steady. It gives you your con- consistency. And then you go, oh, let's try something. Oh, my God, there's way too many awesome leads coming through. Mm. One of the things was we opened up direct mail. Who does direct mail in this day and age? We do. We're a digital agency. They, most people say, shouldn't you be doing direct mail? Uh, shouldn't you be doing digital advertising? I go, yeah, but we get you from direct into digital. And then we, once we've captured you into our system, you're ours. Nice. Don't go anywhere. You're elated. We're going to follow you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, what does it, what does a day in the life of your hand look like these days? You've got six companies to run. You've got GMs in place all over and you've got international projects where you're talking to governments about new tech and that kind of stuff. What does your day look like? Well, today I woke up at three in the morning I went to bed at about 9.30, I think. Uh, I don't know, I passed out. <laughs> so 9.30, I think I went to sleep, woke up at 3. From 3 to 6 is my private, uh, you know, time where I get to consolidate, meditate, and just set up my day. During that time, I um, I read an article on entrepreneur.com of this guy, so this is just a great example, of this 17-year-old kid who built a website that put that puts um, all the data about the COVID onto one website, which is now being used as a source of one source of truth for all the governments. And it has 30 million viewers per day, 30 30 million visitors per day. Mm -hmm. And he just got offered $8 million for somebody to buy that off him. He only built it because he could. And he turned it down. He said, I'm 17. What am I going to do with $8 million? (laughs) And I looked him up. And then I looked him up on LinkedIn and said, hey, uh, you know, I'm going to add him as a friend. Added him as a friend. He accepted my friend request. And then I said, hey, I've got, I've got my agenda is two things. One, I want you to come and talk to our company about, you know, what you've, what you've achieved and then what, you, what has happened after you've got all this publicity. Because I can see through his LinkedIn, his life's changed. He's getting offers from all these investors. And now he's on there on his, one of his statements was, because I did this, the $8 million doesn't really matter because any business plan I come up with now, I have a truckload of investors who will all look at my plans for me. And so I was like, yeah, cool. So one, come talk to our people. Number two, we've created this amazing code that's going to help track, you know, do the contact tracing properly and without any of the government intervention and all the other whatever plans they have. Do you want to help me deploy this? 
And so that was my morning. I've made a great connection. And so that's the morning. And then I've had a couple of meetings since then. And then I've got more team meetings today. And we've got some pretty cool meetings today. (laughs) Is is the majority of your day then uh, talking to key people now? Is that what you find? So you're you're very rarely in the trenches. You're very rarely um, acting in in the way of a of a frontline worker. You're very very much about the who can I talk to, who can I impact, who can I grow, where can we go. My my main role is joint ventures. Yeah, I'm focused on. Yesterday we got a you know um, one one of the clients that we've we've been working with. There are international company they said we want to license all your training material all the stuff that's in your brain i've been running webinars for them for the last four weeks they said our clients are loving this they go how can we get access to this on a on a global scale Mm. and what does that look like so building joint ventures building relationships um finding new ideal clients and yeah just making decisions that's going to help the company grow do you switch off or do you are you constantly uh mind busy uh, no, I switch off. I, yeah. I didn't used to before and now I switch off. So the other thing I get to do every morning is at six in the morning, I go for a walk with my father and for an hour I get to walk with him and we go for a walk and I get to download everything to him. And then <laughs> he's like, keep going. And you know, that, that's my switching off. That's my uh, counseling, getting counsel from my father, which is pretty cool. Very um, cool. I switch off with my friends. I'm a geek. So I love to play board games and so that's my switch off time. As soon as the board game's on the table, boom, I'm not thinking about business right now. Nice. <laughs> Just looking at who am I going to slaughter on this board game? <laughs> <laughs> Super cool. Is it, a, uh, is it a daily switch off? Like do you literally look at the clock and go, that's enough for today? Or is it uh, something that you, you consciously think of? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think that's possible. I'm, on the weekends, I switch off. Saturday night, I switch off. Friday night, sometimes. Uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't say it's a daily switch off. My brain goes until it's fully exhausted. Cool. And then it's renewed and refreshed every morning. Nice. And and you mentioned meditation there as well. Is that a daily practice for you? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So transcendental meditation. It just when I first started everything was like a, a big geyser. Yeah. Just my thoughts were all over the place. Now it's cool, calm, collected, and I know exactly what I want to do. I visualize how my day is gonna go for every minute of my day, and then I just live it. And it's not only the day, it's pretty much I've got my next three months every day planned out and then I'm just going to do what i got to do. Beautiful, beautiful. Mate, so uh, we've got a lot of people who are, as I mentioned, entrepreneurs, self-starters, agency owners um, who are listening to this and hopefully we can get more of them listening to this. If they were to follow along with you, they've, they've liked your wisdom, your style of business, how could, how could they do that in the best way? What, how could they best get the, the Johan experience um, with some yeah. of the public stuff that you do? Come join us on Business Authorities Community. Go to Facebook, search Business Authorities Community. Um, that's where I spend most of my social time, hanging out and giving back to the community. And, um, yeah, otherwise just look up businessauthorities.com. All my agency stuff, I don't really I don't really talk about it, but if you want to look that up, that's earthlink. earthlinkalliance.io. So that's, that's how much I talk about it. I got the domain name wrong. <laughs> it's still yeah. lodged in the back of the memory somewhere. Yeah. I love it. Exactly. Very cool. That's that's awesome, mate. Um, Johan, I'm I'm so grateful for your time, mate. You have, uh, I, I think, really embraced the, the thought of 
setting a, a directional journey and systemizing the process along the way so that you can tweak, so that you can utilize that Kaizen methodology, bring the right people into the right team environment. I, I've, I've loved this, this 60 minutes, mate. And uh, again, super, super grateful for the time. Guys, if you're, you're listening to this, do head over to the uh, Business Authorities community on Facebook. There's a lot of amazing stuff there. I know that uh, Kenny drops incredible marketing tips all the time, and there's just some great stuff in that community. Great place to go and, and uh, catch up with the team. And again, Johan, thank you so much for your time, mate. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Walter. A pleasure to be here. Love, Cheers, love sharing. Cheers, mate. Thank See you, you soon. Hey everyone, it's Walt and thanks so much for listening to the episodes on the podcast. We really love bringing these interviews to you and I hope you're getting a lot out of them. We've designed the podcast to really help and to engage with everybody out there. So you could help us by simply leaving us a comment or a review, subscribing on iTunes. Head over there now, make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a review for us. It helps more than you could possibly believe. Do that now and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.